Welcome to episode number 14 of the Lab I-68 podcast. This podcast is for women of faith who want to get their restless behinds out of the pews and into the battlefield for the kingdom of God. We are here to equip and encourage you to put your faith into action in every area of your life and to claim the name of Kingdom Builder. My name is Leah and I'm joining you in the messy middle of a surrendered faith. Okay, you guys, let's just be honest for a minute. Adult friendships are no joke. I have loved and lost many friendships in my adult lifetime. And what I have learned most recently is how much friendships matter to Christ. Navigating friendships through all of the changes this year has brought us has definitely been challenging. Differing political opinions, to mask or not to mask, and the amount of times referencing Hamilton is appropriate are all up for debate. But friendships truly matter, so how do we navigate them well and in a way that is always pointing to Christ? My guest today is the creator of Friending, a podcast about female friendship. And in addition to podcasting, she speaks at universities, conferences, workshops, and schools about loneliness and how to be the friend you always wanted to have. She is proud to be a Jersey girl who happily resides in the Garden State with her wild family. Her mission is to help women and girls grow healthy female friendships in their life. Please welcome the delightful Noelle Rhodes. Noelle and I chat all things friendship in this episode. From figuring out friendships with people who are really different than us, to boundaries, to super practical tips for maintaining life-giving friendships, we cover a lot of ground here. It's a very important topic, and Noelle delivers some hard-earned wisdom that we can all benefit from, including myself. Okay, if you are new around here, you may not have heard about the Sabbath Kickstart Challenge that I'm hosting in my Facebook group, Intentional Women of Faith, this week. You guys, if you've been putting off a Sabbath practice, let me walk you through the steps to establishing the practice that will literally change your life. Sabbath has become almost a non-negotiable for my family and I every week. It is our chance to recharge and restore every week and further develop our relationship with the Lord. And the rest of the week can feel so busy and overwhelming and Sabbath makes its way around and it just brings us back to surrender all of it over to him. If you wanna know more about this practice, listen to last week's episode and then episode three of the podcast with Becca Traharn to get a taste of what could be your new favorite thing. No need to wait for Oprah because you get a Sabbath and you get a Sabbath. Okay, bad joke, but you get to the point. Listen to the episodes, then hop over to the show notes to join the challenge. Okay, friends, let's get into our chat with the so delightful Noelle Rhodes. Welcome, Noelle, to Lab I-68. Just so honored to have you here. And we're going to talk all about friendship, particularly with adult women friendships, which can be really, really hard. And (laughs) (laughs) so I'm really excited to have you on here and uh, to chat all about that. But first off, before we start, I'd just love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. What are some of the roles in your life right now? And where are you recording from? Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me to be on this podcast. It's always a real treat when you are a podcaster to be a guest on someone else's show. It's just, it's really fun. So um, thank you so much for letting me do that. Who am I? Well, I am a Jersey girl. I don't know if you know anything about New Jersey, uh, Desperate Housewives of New Jersey, Jersey Shore, Sopranos. <laughs> it's all true. Unfortunately, <laughs> we are wild and loud and awesome. I absolutely love being from my state and mm. I love everything about New Jersey, our bagels, our beach, our just our blunt way of talking about stuff. And this is where I was born and raised, and this is where I live now. However, there was a six-year stint that I lived in Northern Ireland. Oh, wow. As a missionary. Yes, me and my husband and my two really cool kids. We moved there when the kids were probably one and three, and we did six years there, and it was like the best adventure ever. I abs- if, I, if I can't live in New Jersey, I better be in Northern Ireland is pretty much <laughs> how I see life. So I'm a mom, obviously. I have a preteen, a teenager. One of my kids has special needs, if that gives you any context of my life. Mm-hmm. And I love being a mom. My kids are wild and just a lot of fun, very funny, but definitely not the kind of kids that sit in the corner and read quietly. That's not <laughs> the kind of kids that I have. 
So some of your your listeners may be like, oh yeah, I have the same children. Mm-hmm. I'm also been married for I think it's 17 years. Oh my gosh. Oh, congrats. I got married when I was 20. Okay. Really young. I was 21. So I get it. <laughs> it's worked for us. I don't know if I'd recommend it, but it's worked for us. And I absolutely love about I love my husband. Um, those people who listen to my podcast show, Friending, they know I call him good looking hillbilly Troy because <laughs> he's from the country and he is a darling hillbilly having to survive New Jersey with me. So we have a lot of fun. We're four extroverts trying to survive the quarantine in New mm-hmm. Jersey. It's been wild. So yeah, that's kind of you know where I'm recording from right now. And if you were sitting across from me, you'd be in my office and uh, you would see my really cool dog who is a rescue and a three-legged dog. And he's awesome. His name is Jakey. Oh, that's-, that's a little bit about me. Wow. Okay. Well, I was going to say all those extroverts doing quarantine, that must have been <laughs> a little bit fighting. challenging. Yeah. <laughs> fighting who gets the attention. It's it's crazy. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm curious where all this interest started with really learning about adult female friendships. And what are you doing with that interest now? I will already admit I am a friending listener. So I already really, I really enjoy your podcast. And I would, I recommend that to other people as well. (laughs) But what got you started being interested in this area? Oh, well, you probably already know the story, but let's tell everybody that's listening to this podcast. Basically, I became really lonely in my mid-30s. I moved back from Northern Ireland back to Jersey, thinking I was going to return to all my old friendships. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had friends. I definitely had friends. But I kind of thought I was just going to pick up where we left off. But a lot of them moved on, like literally moved on to other states. Um, Some of them just moved on with life because I'd been gone. And I was living in a different town that was probably about 25 minutes away from where I used to live. So I didn't know anybody. And here I am in my mid thirties with two little kids, putting them in a new school in the middle of the year. And I just felt really lonely. And I remember one specific day when I was supposed to catch up with an old friend, we were going to go to get coffee somewhere. And she texts me about 15 minutes before I was going to leave. And she said, I'm really sorry. I got to cancel. And she had a completely legitimate reason, but for whatever reason, it broke my like lonely heart. I mean, I, I don't know. It was like one of those situations where it's not the fault of the other person, but getting that news that she wasn't going to meet me for a coffee just broke me. And I started crying, mm-hmm. like ugly crying. Mm-hmm. And my husband walked into the room and he was like, who died? I mean, it was like, I was weeping uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. And I said, no one died. I don't have any friends. And he said, that's not true. I'm your friend. And I said, no that's not the same. It's not the same. I'm sorry. I love you. You are my best friend, whatever. It's not the same. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like backed away, like out of the room slowly and took the kids to the park. And I just cried and cried under my duvet. And then I did the most spiritual thing I could do in that moment. I got my phone and I Googled, how do you make friends in your mid thirties? Mm. And that really began my journey of researching female friendship. And I began to read all these books and all these articles. And then I, I actually looked in the gospels like, how did Jesus do friends? I mean, if you look, we kind of hear about how he made friends in his early thirties, which is kind of cool. And I just began to sort of get my thoughts and try to, to live out what I was learning. And it just so happened an old friend invited me to go on a trip with her to Europe to do some research for her book. And she said, tell me about what you're learning with female friendship. And so we would be in the car for hours driving to all these countries. And I would tell her and she said, oh my gosh, you have to do a podcast. Mm. And so that's really where friending my podcast began. And then, you know, people would ask me to speak and all that kind of cool, really awesome opportunities came up, but it really was born out of a place of loneliness and going, this can't be good. And one of the things I will just say from the very get-go of this interview, loneliness is not God's will for your life. Mm-hmm. It's just not. There are seasons where we will be lonely. That's that's guaranteed, yeah. but that's not what he's called us to. He's not called us to chronic loneliness from the very beginning when he created us, he created us in the image of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
in the image of God, which is eternal community. And in fact, when he created Adam, he said, well, it's not good for him to be alone. Let's create, you know, let's, let's make another person. So it's not, it's not God's plan for us. And so when we are in chronic loneliness, it doesn't feel good because it's not good. Mm-hmm. And that really was what propelled me to go, well, I have to do something about this. So I began to research, I began to study the scriptures, and that is why I'm doing what I'm doing today. That is the story. Hmm. I love that. I actually, I thought about this a little bit with looking at the life of Jesus as well. And just that he had his 12 disciples, but he also had like his closer friends. Like there were the few that were just closer to him for, you know, a number of reasons, I think. But I wonder if he just, he also needed like those close confidants as well. Yeah, of course he did. Mm -hmm. So I love that you talked about in your story, you know, with it being really lonely, because I feel like this stage of life can be really lonely. I'm in, I just turned 30, but I kind of feel like I've had lots of friends, but I think I've struggled in friendships a lot of my life and just not feeling really close to anybody. Oh yeah, It's felt like a bit of a fight, a bit of a struggle. And sometimes I wonder, you know, is it really worth fighting for more friends or to be closer to certain friends? But obviously it, it's worth it. Um, why do we need to stick it out? And really, what does that do for our faith as well? Well, I wanted to say it's hard as an adult because let's just be honest. I'm in my late 30s. So I grew up watching Friends. I don't know if you remember the TV show Friends. Yeah. And I thought when I become an adult, I'm going to have friends like Rachel, Monica, and Phoebe. Right. And then probably in my college years, that show Sex in the City came out. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to have friends where I have brunch with them every Saturday, you know, in Central Park wearing stilettos and, you know, (laughs) eating bagels and not gaining any weight. And so there is this fantasy of what friendship is supposed to look like. And then when we become adults, we're like, well, this is not as easy as I thought it was going to be. You know, I haven't found my people yet. And I think that there is a little bit of a lack of explaining this to our kids that friendship doesn't just happen. It's actually not organic. Mm. Social spark when you meet someone, you know, that feeling of, oh, I like this person. Like, I'd like to get to know them better. You know, I'd like to be friends with them. That's organic. But the actual relationship is not organic. It's intentional. You have to work at it. You have to be consistent in meeting up. So I think we kind of are like, well, what's the point? Because it doesn't come easy. That's, That's number one. And we think it should. And then we think there's something wrong with us because we'll look on television. Everybody seems to be best friends or in each other's apartments and doing all the things together. And I am alone and I'm not really close to anybody. So there's a little bit of like a reality that I think a lot of us have to come to that friendship does take work. Mm-hmm. And also there are seasons, particularly with women First of all, we go through like 3 million seasonal life changes. I don't (laughs) know if anybody else noticed this. The men, I hate to be a generalist here, but it doesn't look like they go through as many as we do. All right. So you go to college, you have some friends, then you get your career, you have some friends, then you may, you might get married and then you're like, have to make couple friends or new Mm -hmm. friends. Cause that's, that's always awkward. The whole uh, newly married friendship thing is really difficult. Then you have kids, then your kids go to, I mean, every season of life, I will tell you, you will be met with a little bit of a lonely stage. And kind of having to understand what community you might need at that moment. Mm. So it's hard. I think it's harder for women than men because we're constantly changing the seasons. But if we can see that, it's a little bit easier. And we need each other because we're going through so many seasonal changes. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too, I mean, the scriptures are pretty clear. First of all, let's just go here. Jesus had friends. Jesus had friends, period we need to have friends. If he had friends, if he decided to walk out his calling and mission alongside of 12 men and a company of women, I don't know why I would think I could walk out mine on my own. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, but it was hard for him too. And he went through betrayal. He went through being misunderstood by his friends. I mean, he went through all the friendship drama that we go through too. He had toxic friends as well. I mean, Judas, let's, let's just take him for example. So He's modeling to us how we live our best life is alongside of others. Like Mm -hmm. I said before, that is 
how God has created us to thrive is when we're living in community. So that's why it's worth fighting for and keep working at it. But no, it isn't instantaneous. It's not always easy and it's definitely not organic. You have to be intentional. But if you do, if you've got just a couple friends, your faith will grow. Mm-hmm. Because when you get low, they're going to go, look up, look up, remember what God's already done for you. You know, they're going to speak truth to you. They're going to serve you. They're going to, they're going to show you God's love. So, I mean, I just think it's, it is the model of walking out our faith is walking alongside of others. I love all of that. There's just seems to be this idea. I remember I grew up in a really small town. So I went to school with the same people from kindergarten all the way until grade 12. Like that was it. Yeah. We had the occasional person come and move to to my town, but not very many people. And it was pretty easy. We knew each other. I mean, I can still call those people and it's pretty easy to get along with them. It's pretty easy to be able to have conversation with them. And when I moved to Edmonton, which is the capital, and I went to the university here, I found it so hard. I mean, I didn't think of it at the time, but I was just married. I was 21. Mm. And it was really hard to be able to relate to anybody else. Like, yeah, you're so right. It just, we have these ideas of what friendships should look like. Mm-hmm. So it can always be really disappointing when we don't see it. And I think too, like, I, I don't know about you, Noelle, but I've seen so many other people that make it look really easy. Yeah. You end up really comparing your own situation to theirs, which isn't necessarily fair, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, and social media really, I mean, people can pretend a lot on social media of how close they are with others. You know, they take a picture with somebody mm-hmm. and then you who are, you know, scrolling through are going, oh, they must be best friends, but they're, they're not, you know what I mean? So yeah. I get that the comparison thing is real. Totally. Mm-hmm. So what other struggles or fears do you come across then when you're talking to women about friendship? Such a variance I'm imagining, but what are some of the things that kind of keep coming up when you're speaking to them? Well, there's a few things. I'll talk about maybe just a couple here. One is most women who there's kind of this sort of thing like where they feel like they may have a lot of friends, but nobody they're close with. That's a a big problem. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons for that as well. We can get into Um, another issue that women definitely struggle with is if they've been hurt before, it's very hard to open up your heart again to women. And Mm -hmm. they'll tend to say, well, I'm just, I just don't do well with female friends. You know, I just haven't had a lot of luck there, which, Hey, some of them are just nasty. Another thing that people fear is that, especially if you move to a new place, particularly, whether it's a location or a community, for instance, you Mm -hmm. think everybody has already established their friendships and there's no room for you. That's a real fear. You think, well, you know, everyone's got their group and I don't really have a place. So those are kind of the main things that do come up over and over again. I think that too, what does happen a lot is women will basically get so busy, right? You know, mm-hmm. life is busy, especially when you have kids. Mm-hmm. And they'll get so busy for a long, long time and they're not really connecting with their friends. And then eventually those friendships kind of fade out, to be honest with you. They're no mm-hmm. longer, there's not a really strong connection there. And then they go, oh my gosh, I'm alone. You know, they'll kind of stop and go, I'm alone. You know, what happened? I had these friends and and now nobody's, you know, inviting me to do stuff, probably because for the last two years you've been telling them you're, you're too busy. So busyness is a real problem right now. Mm. I would say it's the number one thing that, you know, is keeping women particularly from connecting because you can't really trust people unless you spend time with them. Yeah. And uh, you can't be vulnerable with someone that you don't trust. So if you're too busy, none of those things happen. So that's kind of some of the common things I see is the feeling like you're not really connected but you have a lot of friends, yeah. the whole idea of a friendship wound and, and being able to heal from that so you can make new friends. And then also just this being so busy that you lose friendship or the friendships become shallow. And then you have to eventually start over. Those are kind of the main things I, I've you know been observing. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of those kind of deep wounds that we can have that come out of friendship, how do we honestly get the courage to keep trying to develop and grow our friendships? But then you know, what are some things that we need to switch within ourselves? Because we can't always wait for everybody else around us to fix their, like their stuff or fix themselves. So what needs to happen within ourselves then to keep trying 
after we've been wounded. Yeah. So friendship wounds, man, uh, they're real. The first thing I want to say about friendship wounds is you got to treat it like a wound. And I think we don't really do a good job at doing that. Either we are like, okay, let's just move on. I'm going to find somebody else, you know, and we don't actually deal with the fact that somebody has genuinely hurt us or we completely hide away and kind of block ourselves off from the world and are like, no one's going to hurt me ever again. So, all right, I'll tell you a little story. When I was little, I cut my finger, believe it or not, on a butter knife while trying to cut an apple when my mother was taking a nap. And she did actually tell me not to do that while she was sleeping. But of course, I was very similar to my own kids and and did my own thing. So I remember I cut my thumb and it was like bleeding everywhere. And I had to wake her up and she was like, well, we have to go to the doctor and get this stitched up and we have to take care of it. Otherwise, it could be there could be an infection. And I think with friendship wounds, we do have to take care of the wound. Otherwise, the other friendships will be infected by that situation. And there's lots of ways that you do that. But I, I would say, depending on what has happened, mm. if it's one of these things where somebody just let you down and stopped calling or whatever, and you feel like they've abandoned you, that's different. But if someone has like legit betrayed you, you know, did something pretty serious against you, you have to treat that like it's real and serious. And you need to probably talk to someone about that because your next friendships are going to be infected by what has happened. And I see this a lot. And I I just want to say to women, look, if somebody's hurt you so bad that you don't want to be friends with people anymore, you need to go talk to a, a Christian counselor, a licensed therapist, or somebody who's trained in this because you won't find healing. And the other thing I want to say is, you know, God cares about these things. He really Mm -hmm. does. And so you got to take this to the Lord. And I tell people all the time, you know, start journaling. If you're a believer, definitely journal your prayers about this. Share your heart with him about this. Get it out. Don't hold it in and don't shut everyone else out. And another thing too, I would say is when you feel a little bit more ready to kind of get back into the friendship game, it's okay to tell people where you're at. You don't have to pretend mm. like everything's fine again. You could say, you know, I, I was really close to somebody and it really didn't go well. And I'm struggling a little bit with trusting people again. So please be patient with me. I think that kind of honesty, man, that's what's going to build the deeper connection. Because if you tell me that, if you say to me, oh, no, well, you know, I just came out of this thing and my friend really hurt me and it's been hard and I'm working on it. And if I don't always like open up, that's why. Well, that helps me because I know what's happening. It's because otherwise I'm going to assume, oh, she hates me. She doesn't really want to be friends. Maybe I shouldn't call her to hang out. Maybe she's not interested. So that communication of letting people know what has happened in a small way, you don't have to tell everyone your business, but you know what I mean? Just like, this is what's, this is the last things, you know, like anybody Mm -hmm. went to a relationship. You just broke up with somebody. I just broke up with somebody. I'm taking this slow. (laughs) The same applies with friendship. And, um, you know, you got to just put one foot in front of the other and keep trying. And again, the more time you spend with your new friend, the greater the chance you're going to be able to build trust. It may be slower next time around. And that's okay. That's okay. Give yourself some grace, you know, lean on the Lord for discernment, but put one foot in front of the other and eventually you will get there again, 100%. Yes. I I love that you mentioned just being really honest with people. One of the best things that happened for my husband and I in our relationship at the very beginning, he said, he's just a very like straightforward, like really highly values honesty kind of person. And he just said like no games. And that was, Mm. I don't want to be manipulated. I don't want any games. Just like tell me what's going on. And that has been so valuable, not only in our relationship, but also in any other relationship I've been in. I feel like yeah. I've been almost given permission to be like, hey, I didn't really like the way that we ended that last time. Or, yeah. you know, can we talk about that or whatever? Um, but that also, like you said, carries on into maybe newer friendships or if we're just wanting to kind of go deeper with some other ones. So I, yeah. I, I really, really like that. So sometimes certain friendships can really bring out the best in us, which yeah. is awesome. But sometimes they can really bring out the worst. I've felt that in even in myself, I know there's certain friends that I am more likely to go towards gossip. Yeah. For instance. 
So what are some truths that we need to maybe remind ourselves of when we're going to be with those people where it's not the point where it's like toxic, you know what I mean? But like, you still really want to be with them, but you just know that it just doesn't bring out the best in you. So how can we be really authentic, but then true to who God really calls us to be? That's a great question. That is a great question. So what I would say to that is number one, if you're hanging out with somebody who like you just start to like curse when you're around them, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I'm, I'm, you know, anyways, I uh, <laughs> don't have a sailor's mouth, but I have dropped a couple curse words in my life before. And if I'm hanging out with someone where like, I almost feel like I want to curse or I'm like, you know, trash talking people for no reason, all that stuff. Sometimes I have to go, hmm, should this person be in my circle of influence of someone Mm. influencing me? And I may have a lot in common with them and all that stuff. Like they'd be really fun to hang out with. I have no problem with that, but it's like the level of intimacy that I share with them might need to be dialed back a bit. If every single time I'm actually becoming somebody I don't want to be, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Now I will say this, Okay. So as female friends, at least for me, I'm a verbal processor. So I do tend to like process a lot of stuff with my friends. And one of the gifts that I feel has been given to me is I do have some close friends. If I'm having issue with somebody, I do feel free to just kind of like say, Hey, this is what's going on with my, with this other person. And I'm, and I'm sort of venting, but look, if you hear me cross the line, call me out on the gossip you know, and some of my friends do, and I don't like it, but I want them to, but I don't like it because I don't want to be a gossip. I do want people to trust me. So my close friends know if I'm like kind of crossing the line a little bit, then they'll call me out. But also they're really good at being like, yo, Noel, you kind of are seeing this situation completely wrong. You do have to talk to people about other people sometimes when it's pertaining to you. I'm not talking about like, oh, did you hear Sally and Joe are getting a divorce? Not about that kind of stuff. But if you and Sally keep on having these tense conversations, you may tell your close friend, Jan, I don't know why me and Sally are having these tense conversations. This is something that I've been saying to her and then she seems to get upset. And Jan might say, Noel, you're getting awkward, you know, or you're asking too many personal questions, or I need other voices sometimes to help me be a better friend to other people. So you have to kind of figure out what is processing and what is gossip. And really the Holy Spirit helps you discern that. But if every time me and Sally have a tense conversation and I call Jan to say, we'll never believe it. Mm. Sally got upset with me one more time. Do you hear what I'm saying? There's a difference. I'm going to Jan because I'm mad at Sally and I want Jan on my side. So maybe Jan's not the person that I go to because when I talk to Jan, I become a gossip. I become bitter. I become, right. you know, it's not Jan's fault. It's just, that's what's happening. So I really mm-hmm. do think it's discernment. It's just knowing that there's certain people that you're not going to be super close to because they don't bring out the best in you. It doesn't mean that they're less important to you as a friend, but they're not the people that are going to push you towards who you're meant to be. You know, it's, it's just how yeah. it is. And I think there's all different kinds of friends and, and that's okay. Not everyone is going to be your best friend and not everyone's going to be your best friend for the rest of your life either. People will change. There'll be people in your close circle that were not in your close circle five years ago. And that's totally normal. I wish everybody yeah. would get that in their head. That's normal. This idea that you have a best friend your whole life. Some people have that and okay, fine. We're happy for them. But for the rest of us, that's not true. So I try my best, me personally, as as a believer and a follower of Jesus, my confidants are people that really do call out the best in me. That kind of means sometimes they kick me in my butt. You know what I mean? They'll be like, yo, stop it. You know, you're, you're swearing too much, you know, or you are, you know, being negative and not seeing what God is doing in your life. These are the people that do call me on. But then I have friends who are not my confidants, but I have a lot of fun with them, you know, and we can talk about other stuff. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I think that the way to be true and honest is be true and honest, but also know who's bringing out the best in you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
something that you said that just really resonated with me was I tend to be a person who's like over vulnerable with everybody. Mm. And I've had to learn how to rein that back because I am a verbal processor. As a believer, I'm pretty straightforward with that's who I am. Right. Um, And of course, it's not always appreciated. But I've had to learn, just like what you said, where are the boundaries? How much do I need to rein it back and and recognize who's kind of in what layer of friendship? Yeah. Like you said, it's really being honest with yourself about who these people are to you and kind of what level you're going to be going with them as well. What kind of boundaries are we going to be drawing? Yeah. So it can be really hard to grow friendships with people who are really different than us, um, whether that's like beliefs or opinions or interests. And I I feel like in certain seasons or certain points in history, I feel like this year has just brought out just so many opposed, like people are just yeah. so opposed. There's so much villainization of other people. Holy cow, yeah. But, oh my goodness, it's just insane. And I can't imagine what it's going to be like later <laughs> in the year for you guys, Americans uh, yes. with all the election stuff going on. But we can be friends with people who are different with us. And I think that's something that people are a little afraid of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But as Christ followers, we should be friends with people who are different than us. Totally. Regardless of any beliefs, opinions, or anything like that. So how can we be a really good, empathetic friend with those who are really different than us? What are some keys to having those relationships? Well, first I want to say the quickest way to become closed-minded is only hanging out with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. I think we don't want to be closed-minded. I also will say, if you look at the disciples that Jesus chose, holy moly, those were a diverse group of people. You know, I mean, some of them yeah. really were opposing, even politically. So um, Jesus did this. He modeled this. I think if you're dealing with people who have different beliefs or stances as you do, remember that everybody's even their theology is coming from their personal story Mm -hmm. and you can't discount someone's story. So, I mean, I've got lots of friends and we, we could think way different, like, you know, way different from each other. For some of my friends, I'm not liberal enough for them. For others, I'm too conservative Mm -hmm. or not conservative enough for them. And, you know, I just, it's fine. But when they share with me what they think, instead of being offended Okay, because that's the natural kind of feeling like, oh, you don't think like me. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's not okay. I want to be affirmed that what I'm thinking is right. Instead of being offended, I think it's better to stay open and keeping that connection open by asking more questions. And I think yeah. instead of kind of debating or stating your point of view over and over again, I think it's better to ask questions so you can understand where the other person's coming from. It doesn't mean it's going to change the way that you think and believe, but it's certainly going to give you a better understanding of your friend and how to love them better. So I think questions are good. And then I think also if you feel like you're being misunderstood, because that's a big thing right now, Mm. just say, can I tell you my story? And then Mm -hmm. share your personal experience. And I think everybody at the end of the day needs to know, nobody has this right. Nobody has the corner of of truth, so to speak, aside from the gospel. I mean, you know, we're even seeing this with uh, COVID-19, particularly where we live, like there are people who want to wear masks 24 seven. There are people who want us to burn the masks in front of city hall. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody Mm -hmm. really has the right hundred percent, like the right perspective on it, but everybody has the story. And the people who want to wear the mask 24-7, there's probably a family member who's been sick that they're trying to protect or vice versa. The people who don't want masks, maybe the masks makes them feel anxious. And so having that conversation and being willing to make it personal, that's what's going to keep the friendship from becoming political. And you're mm-hmm. on that side and I'm on this side. So I think questions, stories, that's what keeps us having empathy and compassion. It gives us understanding And again, we got to give grace, 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 you know, and that really, the only way you can give grace, I'm sorry, is if you're humble, Mm -hmm. you are proud, you cannot give grace. If you think that you are always right and there's no question that you could be wrong, you can't give grace. The only person that can do that is Jesus. So I think work on the humble side and extend grace, ask questions and tell your story. 
And some people are going to be offended and walk away. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so good. That's so good. One of my goals at the beginning of the year was to be unoffendable. I prayed, Lord, make me unoffendable. Yeah. And that's it. Just such an interesting year for that really to come up. But yeah, a huge learning curve for me and being able to learn how to listen first. Yeah, I'm not. I usually have a response first, and instead, I need to just soak it in, listen, and have empathy for the other perspective, knowing that we all have partial truths within exactly. us, and we just need to listen to that. Um, how do we cultivate individual friendships that bring both? or all of us closer to Jesus and holiness. I think you were kind of talked about a little bit with the gossip as well, but when we are calling each other out, but then, you know, being gentle, like how do we really cultivate those friendships? Yeah. Also in contrast, community type friendships. I don't know about what you think about this, but I think they're a bit different. You have those individual friends that are like really one-on-one, but then you also have the community of women that you might go to as well. Right. But yeah. How do we cultivate friendships that bring us closer to Jesus? Well. You have to be real. Mm. It's probably not the answer that Christian women want to hear. But the problem is when we get together with our Christianity, and I'm picking on the Christians because I am one, Mm -hmm. we want to sometimes appear much more holier than we really are. And we kind of self-protect and we spiritualize everything. And Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about the Lord, we even kind of talk differently. And I would just say, I'm sorry, we got to like be real. If we're going to actually grow in our faith, we have to be honest that maybe we don't read our Bible every day because it's kind of boring sometimes. Or maybe we have been fighting with our husband a lot, like, and screaming Mm -hmm. and calling them names. Like we have to kind of be honest. And I, we kind of talked about this before, but really, if you're going to go there with people, you have to be real. Now, vulnerability comes with time. So I always say, especially if you want to grow, particularly in your faith, getting together regularly with other women who believe and love God, love Jesus is important, consistently showing up. But then you got to show up and be your real self because you can show up every week and be your spiritualized version and you will not grow. Yeah, I do think there is this cool thing that happens in communities where women love Jesus, they do get to speak into each other's life and they do get to call out the best. I look at the life of, or I look at the story. I love the story of Mary and Elizabeth and Mm -hmm. Mary finds out that she's going to be the mother of Jesus. And she's like, how can this be? And of course the angel says, well, your cousin Elizabeth, you know, she's pregnant and she's old. She's in her sixth month. And after the angel leaves, she goes to Elizabeth. And I, I believe that's because she's like, well, here's this other person who understands what a supernatural pregnancy is going to be like. I need to be with my right. cousin Elizabeth. And so she travels to Elizabeth. And when she gets there, Elizabeth is full of the Holy Spirit. And the baby, John the Baptist, leaps in her womb, right? But she says, blessed are you among women. And I think that really before we start to be like, um, excuse me, Noel, you need to get better at blah, blah, blah. We need to be speaking blessing over each other. We need to be calling out God's purpose. We need to be mm-hmm. saying, look, you know, you are blessed. God has called you. You're going to do great things. That's where it starts. And once Elizabeth says that to Mary, you know, this little young girl, Mary, who probably is like completely overwhelmed by what's about to happen in her life, doesn't know what's going to happen next, doesn't know what her fiance is going to think, you know, doesn't know how this is going to come to be. She begins to magnify the Lord. She literally says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And so when we speak blessing to each other, that person that we've just spoken a blessing over, they begin to magnify the Lord. That's Mm -hmm. how we push each other towards holiness to Jesus. So I think, unfortunately, this gets abused in small group settings where women will take that as an opportunity to tear each other down so they can feel better about themselves. I think that we're not honest and real. We tend to be self-protective. But I think if we're able to be our real selves and, you know, really share where we're at and yet speak life and blessing over each other, we will magnify the Lord. And there will come a time where because you've built this relationship, 
because you trust this person has your best interest in mind and they believe God's purposes for your life, then when they come to you and they say, you know what, I've noticed you've been complaining a lot about your husband and there's a few things you've said. And I've just noticed these three things, you know, are you okay that I share them with you and pray with you? You're much more open to that. You're much more able to receive that and actually apply that truth. So it begins with, you know, being real, encouraging, and then you can advise. Again, it's going to change in different seasons, but I really think that's, that's how we got to be. And I don't, I mean, I'd hate to be blunt, but I guess you listen to friending. So, you know, I am blunt. (laughs) I'm not seeing this a lot. So it's one of the things as a follower of Jesus, I'm like, yo, Christian women, we got to get better at this. If we really want to see people come to know the Lord and to know that we belong to him, we got to love each other better. And we're not, we're just not. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of like my soapbox is let's be real, but let's be super loving because we're all a hot mess in the end. Oh, amen. Amen. Um, before we wrap up the main interview session here, I would love if you could give us just some really quick practical keys or tips for different seasons of life. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. All right. I know there's some college-aged people that are listening to the podcast. What is a quick friendship tip that you could give them? Make friends with people that are a little bit better than you, meaning you know maybe have better study habits, Maybe you're making better decisions. Mm. Try to make friends with people who are going to push you to become a better version of yourself. I think when you're in college, that is a great opportunity to do that. Perfect. What about married, newly married? (laughs) I know that you already kind of mentioned that a little bit, that it can be kind of lonely. So what would you recommend for them? Well, remember, it's normal that it's hard. And Mm -hmm. I don't think people tell you that in premarital counseling, that it actually can be lonely because you're figuring out a new life with this person. I would say instead of worrying about making couple friends, okay, work on becoming friends with your spouse mm-hmm. so that you can really get to know them as your spouse. And then you'll know what kind of friends would work for you as a couple. Um, I think sometimes there's a pressure there like, oh, we have to find like a couple that we do vacations with and stuff like that. And I definitely was there, but I think I I wish I would have put in the time to really get to know Troy as my husband, not just as my boyfriend or fiance. So I could kind of know like, who does he like? Now I know, like now I know who's his type. And so when I meet like a potential couple, I'm like, oh, we could have dinner with them and that'd be fun. It's not so awkward or a letdown. I don't know if that makes any sense, but get to know your spouse. That's what I would say. Totally. That's great advice. What about motherhood? That new, let's say with little kids. Um, Remember that friendship is self-care. And if you're going to be a good mom, you better have friends. And also though, in the same vein, you need to adjust your expectations. So if you're like, if you've got an infant, you might not be able to chill with your friends late at night. You may have to like meet people at the park, you know, with the stroller, like make it work for you. And don't feel bad about that. That's what I'd say for like little kids is you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to make it a priority. Okay. Mm -hmm. An example I give is when my kids were little and they were crazy. Anybody who knows my children knows, like will testify this. They were wild as toddlers. (laughs) And when I would go to my friend Heather's house, she's this really cute cottage. And we would stuff all the kids in the living room with like a bunch of cookies (laughs) And we put like a television show and then we're like, quick, make a cup of tea. Let's talk for a half hour. Like that's okay. That all counts. Like if you got to feed your kids cookies for a half hour, you got to do that. (laughs) Because if you don't have that sanity hour with your friend, you're going to feel cray cray later and you're going to start screaming at your children. So make it work. Just make it work, but make it a priority. Yeah, for sure. What about if you have older children, like say teenagers, um, maybe going into adult children? Well, I'm not there yet, but I'll tell you what I've been told. The empty nest thing is a new season of loneliness because a lot of your friendships will be based around your kids. A lot of them are, not all of them. I certainly have friends that that's not the case, but there are quite a bit that it is. And a few of my friends who've done the empty nest thing will say that when the last kid leaves to go to college, they're like, oh, well, who are my friends? Because everybody's kind of sort of changing season and sometimes selling their house and moving away. 
So I would just say to know that this is normal, but also get excited because what I've also observed is that they make new friends as they kind of discover their new season and what they're going to do. So the loneliness is short term. It's not forever. I think it's also doubly painful because you're you're losing your kids and in that way, like, you know, they're, they're growing up. It's just a lot of change. It's a mm-hmm. lot of change. And so change is, change is sad and change can be lonely. So I would just say it's normal, but it's not forever. So don't give up and don't give into despair. You're going to find your people and it's going to be even more fun because you're not going to have the demands of, you know, raising (laughs) children. It's going to be, you know, you're going to get to do things you want to do. So that's kind of what I've seen. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Noelle, for all of the wisdom that you've shared with us. I feel like this is a subject that we want to keep friendship really fun and light, but we also need to acknowledge that it can be really hard. And especially in adulthood, I just feel like it's a whole nother, a whole nother game to play. But could you please tell us a little bit more about your podcast? And I know that you have a new project coming out first Friday with friends. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Thank you for asking about that. Okay. So yes, I have a podcast called Friending, which is all about female friendship. And you could definitely go check that out. It's it's anywhere that you listen to podcasts, I believe the main ones, you know, Mm-hmm. So go check that out, please. I'd love love to be part of that. And of course, we have a little bit of a Facebook group for our friending community. And that's a great place to be if you're looking for extra, you know, friendship training, ideas, topics, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. First Friday with friends. Yes. So I don't know when this is going to be aired, but we're going to release it in the summer. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's basically a kit that you can purchase and it basically helps you plan a monthly gathering with your friends. And what this kind of came out of was my daughter was in fifth grade last year and her friendship group was split into two classes, which if you're in fifth grade, that's the end of the world. You know, when your group has been separated and they were all like, how are we going to like still be friends? Yeah. So we came up with this idea called first Friday with friends And all the fifth grade girls got invited to come to our house on the first Friday of the month and we would do an activity. And it was really fun and great way for the girls to learn how to do friendship and um, all that jazz. But then my friend said, well, I want to do this as an adult. So I started doing that with some of my friends and then COVID happened, of course, but we're going to do this first Friday with friends where you can still social distance and get together with your friends. Because I really believe if you want to have life-giving friendship, you've got to get together with your friends on a regular basis. And I think the easy way to do that is to just pick the first Friday of the month. I mean, you know me, I'm very practical. Just pick the first Friday of the month and then do something together. Don't just get together and drink wine or have coffee do an activity. And then usually there's like a discussion question that will get the conversation going so that you can go a little bit deeper, but all that stuff is going to be in the kit. So thank you for asking. I'm really excited about that. That sounds awesome. I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. All right. As we wrap up, there are a few questions that we've been asking every guest. And one of them is what is a resource that you would recommend for us that you have found to be really helpful and particularly in the area of friendship? Ooh, That's hard. Okay. So I'm just going to go with the one that I'm most recently loving, which is the book, When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas, Finding Freedom Mm -hmm. from Toxic People. I love this because I think usually if you have a friendship problem, you have a toxic person problem usually. Mm -hmm. And I loved this book. Oh my gosh. He did such a good job. He did such a good Mm -hmm. job of bringing Jesus into it. So Definitely check that out, especially if you're like, ooh, I went through a bad friendship breakup and this person kind of ruined my life. This is the book for you. When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. Excellent resource. Wonderful. And then what is a spiritual practice or discipline that has been really life-giving for you lately? That's also a really good question. Um, I do something called Morning Pages, which is, um, some of you might know what that is. Julia Cameron is a um, author and a filmmaker and an artist, and she wrote a book called The Artist's Way, and she loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so she talks about morning pages. When you get up in the morning, you just write for three pages, and you just get everything that's in you out of you. And so I do that as kind of like part of my spiritual practice. I just kind of pour it out, like pour out my heart to the Lord. 
and it's like ugly writing. It's not, sometimes it doesn't even make any sense, but I feel like I just get it out of me. And then the Lord's like, okay, let's talk about some of the things that you put on your morning pages. So that's been a really great one. And can I just throw in a second one? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I hate to do that, but I, I'm going to do it anyways. (laughs) I just started running. And so sometimes I find this is just me, but I do the morning pages and then I do the running and do not be impressed. If you follow me, you'll know I run at like a snail's pace and I've got a whole health journey thing going on, but I will do a morning pages. And then when I go on my run, because I'm away from all my people and I'm not like, you know, I'm kind of just focused on running. I feel like that's where God really speaks to me because mm-hmm. I'm not great at just sitting and you know, sitting there and like receiving, I need to be moving a little bit. So that's been really good. If you're one of those people who like, when you sit down and you're trying to like hear from God or really listen and you get bored or distracted really easily, I would say move that to a run, you know, or to a walk. Yeah. Our bodies need to move in order to actually clear out all the, the chaos and clutter that's in our minds that God can really speak. So that's kind of like, it's a combo spiritual practice, morning pages. And then I go on a run. I love that so much. That's awesome. So we definitely want to be keeping up with what you're doing. So where can we find you online? You could find me on Instagram at your friend Noel. And then of course, friending has its own handle, which is at friending show. And then my website is noelprhodes.com. Noel with two L's, N-O-E-L-L-E. And Rhodes is spelled R-H-O-D-E-S. But uh, imagine that you'll put this in the show notes, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good, 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 good. Because I know when I listen to people and they, they rattle these things off, I get nervous that I'm going to forget. <laughs> but yes, if you put me on Instagram, you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on here, Noelle. I just really appreciate your insight. And I just know a lot of people feel like they really struggle with friendships. So I think this is going to be really encouraging for them. Well, thank you. This was fun. Thank you so much. First off, I am positive that you gleaned some wisdom from Noelle. Sometimes you can feel so alone and feel like you're the only one who experiences real friendship issues, but it just isn't true. And I was reminded during this conversation that cultivating friendships in any season is 100% vital, and we absolutely need to reserve room for regular connection. This week's Love by 68 challenge is to message one or more than one friend and let them know how much you appreciate them in your life. Sometimes a little note from a friend can mean the whole world. Use the hashtag to share about your reflections on social media because we are ready to cheer you on with that hashtag. All right, next week, I'm going to tell you it's a very special conversation coming up with my new friend, Julia Anting. Seriously, you guys, this conversation on art and beauty was like a balm to my soul. I'm not even kidding. Julia is wise beyond her years, and I was so encouraged by her testimony, and I know that you are going to be too. Have a wonderful week, everyone, and remember that you are a kingdom builder. Your voice and your actions really matter. And in the words of the prophet Isaiah, we proclaim, Here I am, Lord. Send me. Have a wonderful week.